think the mic is working. <laughs> it was not me again, I promise. It's okay now? Okay, I can see. Good. Hello, everyone. It's very, very nice to be with you for the second Sunday. Um, as you know, David and me, we came last Sunday for the first time, and we um, have been here throughout the week. And I can just say we're, we're a bit sorry that we have to leave tomorrow. And we're going back to IBTI. I mean, it, it's a great place to be in IBTI, but this is a great church to be in as well. I, I presume you all agree with me. I hope so. Um, yeah. So I think I can speak on behalf of David and me um, when I just, just to say thank you to you guys for, for everything this week. We've, been, um, we've had the privilege to join some of your live groups. We've seen, uh, we've joined the worship team's discussions. We've seen many things. Thank you to, to Stuart and to... Judith, we, we, we have really been blessed by you, all the people that um, provided meals for us and everything. So really, this church is, it has been a blessing to us, and we're really, really grateful to you guys. Um, as Stuart said before, before coming here, um, I, I was praying for the placement, and I was praying for the church, and I had, I, I had no idea about what this church is, is about and what it's like. I, I didn't know any one of you. I, I don't think so. I didn't know anybody, I didn't know Stuart, I didn't know the church, I didn't know the kind of people that were here. But when I, while I was praying, I really felt God speak to me um, with one special sen specific sentence. And that sentence was, um, do not give up what you want most for what you want now. I will repeat it. Do not give up what you want most of all, what you really want, what you want most because of what you want now in a specific moment, in a circumstance, in a situation. So um, this reminded me of a, of a, of a situation or, yeah, a situation that I was in a couple of years ago. Some of you guys um, know me a bit better. I've had the chance to speak to some of you. And you know that I grew up in Germany in an Italian family. So that, <laughs> sorry, I have a bit of a cough. Um, I grew up speaking two languages. I grew up speaking Italian and German. And um, the German education system is brilliant. I have to say, really, the schooling system and everything that they offer to students is really, really, really brilliant. So once I joined the secondary school, um, after, I think, a few years, two years, after the two first years of secondary school, it's a bit of a different system there, we had the opportunity to sign up voluntarily to learn or study for um, uh, for, for learning two additional foreign languages. So in Germany, everybody has to learn English because English is such a beautiful language, as you would know. Um, <laughs> that's why all, all English people only speak English because it's the only <laughs> really beautiful English language. All the other languages are not worth learning. <laughs> so we're all learning English at this point. Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> sorry loud enough. Okay, so where was I? English, exactly. So by this point, everybody was learning English, but we had the chance to, um, to, if we wanted, learn other two additional foreign languages, French and Spanish. Not as beautiful as English, of course, but um, we could do that. And I remember that when, when we were offered this uh, additional, of course, additional time, additional studies, additional effort, everybody in my, in my group, in my home, room, home class, in my class, was, was excited and on fire. We were like, yes! We really want this. We can learn French and we can learn Spanish as well, not just English. And we can, we can travel <laughs> everywhere 
I mean, there will be no place basically in the earth and the world where we cannot speak. It's like you have access to an entire new culture, a new world, really. I mean, every language is a key to, to access to a new world. And I remember everybody was so on fire. Yes, we really want this. It's amazing. So we signed up, all of us. And at the beginning, it was really, really great. It was fun. We had, we had, a, we had a good time. I remember my first Spanish sentence ever was, um, soy una paella, and um, that means I am a paella. <laughs> I wanted to say I want a paella, but that, was, uh, that didn't work out so well. So I said I am a paella. It was a uh, humbling beginning in, uh, in Spanish. So I remember these times that we were all really on fire. We were like, yeah, that's, this is so funny. This is so exciting. We're having so much fun. Until then, um, the first exam came up and the second exam, and the third exam, and we, we noticed that having two additional subjects <laughs> in, in the curriculum was a lot of extra work. It was. At the beginning, it seemed so amazing. Yes, yes, let's do it. It's, it's so cool. But then we, we ended up studying more than other students. We ended up, you know, I remember times being in my room studying Spanish irregular verbs or French, thousands of grammatical uh, structures and exceptions of the structures and exceptions of the exceptions of the grammatic rules. So it's really crazy. I'm not exaggerating, I promise. <laughs> um, and I remember hearing all the other children playing in the street and having fun. And, I was, and that was tough. That was really hard work. I was like, is this worth it? Is this really worth it? And funnily enough, by the end of the first year, most people had just given up. Most students had just oh, dropped it. And they went back and they, and they just dropped it. They were free to do that. Now, after we all graduated and we all finished school, um, most of them regret it because those of us that continued to study and continued to, to press in and to persevere and to, and to go for it, now they speak French and they speak Spanish. So we were involved in exchange programs. We got the possibility to go to France, to go to Spain, and they didn't. And this is exactly what we're speaking about today. This is exactly what, 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 what was on my heart to share with us. Not to give up what we really want. All of these students really wanted to learn that language. That's what they really wanted. But because in other moments, momentarily, they wanted to play, they wanted to relax, they wanted to watch TV, they wanted to do whatever, they gave up what they actually wanted for what they wanted in a moment. Is this making sense? To give up what we want most because of what we want now. And I realized that this is a danger. This is really a danger um, for us to do the same thing with God's promises, with everything that God has for us, with God himself. Um, he, you shared before, you said that um, God has already given us many, many things. And that's really, really true. God has blessed us, hasn't he? He really has blessed us. And there are things that are already ours. We are seated in the, in the heavenly places with Christ, are we not? That's what the Bible says. That's what is ours. That's, what, that's what's available to us. And honestly, for me, and I guess for most of us, that's what we really want, isn't it? But sometimes we can identify with this. We identify with the moments when we, feel, when we just feel overwhelmed by life and by situations, and we, we are tempted to give up what we really want for what we want in the moment. At least I am. <laughs> I hope I'm not alone, because then I would be worried. <clears throat> so just to make a more... A specific example. Um, I, I believe that in this church, there are many, if not everybody, I think everybody has a specific calling from God. There is something 
that God has purpose for our lives, for your life. But again, sometimes when we, when we actually step into that, we see that it's not as glamorous as we expected it to be, that, that there's work, that there's uh, out-of-the-comfort-zone living that comes with it, and it's just, it wears us out. So as an example, if, if, you, if, if God has called you to be a missionary and to, and to go into, into, I don't know, Africa and, and to, to plant churches and to reach the lost and to, and to proclaim what Christ can do to, to hopeless people, you know, it's, it sounds amazing, doesn't it? It sounds like, yes, that's what I want to do. I want to see God's glory. I want to see God at work. I want to see miracles and signs. <laughs> but there are people <laughs> that go out there and then after, after two or three weeks of hard work, um, you just notice, oh, this is very hot here. I mean, okay, I don't like the rain in England, but this is, this is too much. All this, all this heat, I don't know what to do with it. Like maybe you have sunburns all over your skin because it's just too much for you. And there are these, uh, these mosquitoes that can be really, 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 really a big problem for people. I think I, I have an allergy against mosquito bites, so I know what, what I speak about. You know, it's just the, the, the uncomfortableness of being out there, okay? So the purpose is great. We're like, yes, we want to do this. We want to go for it. But then it's uncomfortable. They're, it's not as clean as it would be in England. It's not as easy. Um, the food is not good. The mosquitoes are there, as I said. And we can easily just pack our stuff and go home. Maybe I didn't, I didn't hear it right. Maybe it was just... A mistake. God did not really want me to do that. I just thought that, and I went for it because I, it was a wrong perception. But actually, when we are tempted to give up, we need to we need to go for it. We need to fix our eyes on on, on what we really want most. And in the Bible, there is one person that <laughs> that that really is an example of a person that had a great, great, great inheritance, a great blessing that God really was planning to bless him so much, and it was his to have. But in one moment, in one situation, he just gave it all up. And that man is called Esau. I think most of you have heard the name, maybe not, it's okay. He was, um, Esau was uh, Abraham's grandson. So Abraham was, um, was a, a nomad, and God called him to uh, leave his home country. And basically, at the end of Abraham's life, God made a covenant with Abraham and promised him that he would bless his generations, that he would have as many, uh, as many um, descendants as stars are in the sky. And he promised great, great, great things to Abraham. And Esau was the firstborn son of um, Jacob, who was Abraham's son. So he was the grandson who was entitled to inherit the blessing that was on Abraham. Okay? And um, uh, one day... Esau um, had, had had a hard work, a hard day of work, sorry. He was out in the field, the Bible says, and he was working, he was, and he came home completely exhausted, completely tired, very, very hungry, and uh, he found his brother, Jacob, <coughs> Jacob, yeah, Jacob, sorry. He found his brother, Jacob, cooking in the, at home, and he was making stew, red stew, the Bible says. It's, it's lentils, it's like, I don't think it's very good. It's just my personal opinion. Um, so he came home. Esau came home from working, really tired and really hungry. And he asks his brother for some of this red stew. And the brother was very clever, Jacob. 
he, he seized the opportunity and he said, well, I will give you some of this red stew, <coughs> but first I want you to trade your birthright for me, with me. So your, your birthright, trade it with this, this meal. And I don't know why, really. I try to understand it, but I find it hard to understand why. Esau just said yes. He just did it. He just traded his birthright for a meal. Um, and then the Bible says that he, he ate some stew. He just ate it. He said, yeah, you, you can have my birthright. Okay, so I will have the meal. He sat down. He had the meal. He got up and he left as if nothing happened. Just, you know, he, he'd had something really, really precious. And there was something that, that made him just throw it away. This, in Genesis, um, when, when, the, when the Bible tells the story, the last sentence is, so Esau despised his birthright. It doesn't say that Jacob, that the brother, um, tricked his, that Jacob tricked Esau or that he, he stole the, the birthright from him. No, he said that Esau <coughs> actively by himself despised his own birthright. This is a very, very major thing. Um, God put on my heart to speak to you today on two verses in Hebrews. I will read them now. Hebrews 12, verse 16 and 17. It says, <laughs> oh, sorry. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit his blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. So when I read the sentence, um, Esau, who for a single meal sought his inheritance rights as the oldest son, something that, that I was thinking of when I, when I read, read it through the first thing is, that is like the worst deal that I've ever heard of, like the bad deal of the day. Um, he traded for, <coughs> for one single meal, lentils, which I don't think was very good, by the way. But. So he traded for one single meal, his inheritance rights. And we've mentioned before that that was everlasting blessing. And then I don't even know how to describe it. It was just really God pouring out all his blessing and all his love on this, on this man, on this family. So he traded for a single meal, not a good one. He traded his inheritance. A really, really bad deal. And we, we, it's easy for, for us to say, well, he, he must have been not really a very clever man. But then I realized... How easy is it for us sometimes to trade something like temporary fame for a family or to trade a position for a calling or to, to, to because of impatience, um, trade a promise or to give up in general um, just something that is really, sorry to say it, but really worthless, like rubbish, like just not worth anything after a while. It expires. Everything earthly expires. So how, how could we, why would we ever trade something that expires for something eternal, for something amazing, for something that never ends? Why would we ever trade what we want now for what we want most? Why would we do that? We are tempted to do it sometimes. And it's the worst deal. It's, it's really, really bad. It's a very bad deal. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Um, <laughs> it's always, 
always a bad idea. And I know that there will be moments where circumstances push us towards doing it, mostly not in church, mostly it's out there. I know that there are temptations and, and things that just, just push us towards do it, going for this deal, even though the deal does not make any sense. Sometimes we can be fooled. It's important that we think, be on guard, remember, remember. Don't be, don't be too influenced by circumstances, but, you know, somebody said before that the bigger picture, I think it was you, the bigger picture belongs to God. Stop for a second when you're in this situation. Stop. Don't go for the deal. Step out of, your, of, your, um, of where you are, of your position, and look at the bigger picture. The second point that I saw um, is that it says that afterward he wanted to inherit the blessing. So the verse says, <laughs> the verse says, for uh, don't be godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, he wanted to inherit the blessing. In the end, what everyone really wants is what only God can give us. Um, why? Let's make, a, let's make just some practical examples that are very clear. Um, they clarify this a lot. When people want money, mostly they want money because money provides security. But the truth is that inflation can come in one day and security is gone. The only real security that we can have is God. If, if people know it or not, believers or unbelievers, what they really want is God. So the same thing with health. Why do people want health? Health, people want health because they don't want to die. And only God really offers eternal life. So even the desire for health, if we, want to, if, if we know it or not, if they know it or not, comes because what we really want is God. What we really need is God. Um, success. We want success. Success is not real and will eventually fade. What we really want is purpose, meaning, significance. But there is nothing meaningful or significant. There is no meaningful life apart from God. Everything is vain. Everything will expire. So if we know it or if people know it or not, what they actually want is God. So we all really, what, what do we want most? Sometimes it fades a bit. You know, it's not so clear, but I can, I can guarantee all of our hearts, every, what our hearts really, really want and really need is always God. It's always only what he can offer. Because he made us. He, he knows, you know, he, he, he put certain needs into us because he is, he's the answer. He's the one that can satisfy these needs and the only one. The third point is something that we spoke about that was mentioned today, disappointment. The, the, the next part of the verse says, when he then wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. This is, this is I think there are different kinds of disappointment. But this one <coughs> is, is a... <coughs> is a moment of being defeated, of realizing, oh no, I really messed up. This was really bad. Of, of realizing what you could have and, and then lost. It's like the, the aha moment, we say it in, in German. We say the ah moment, so aha, I got it. So when you realize what you, what you actually are lost, he, he wanted to go for the blessing and he was rejected. What does it mean to be rejected? Some, some, some words that I, that I found, it, it means to be excluded. It means elimination. Almost means renunciation, turn down, a cold shoulder. Then I found some funny um, um, synonyms, a kick in the teeth or, or a slap in the face. Can you imagine that? Like, I don't know, just, just imagine you have something that is really precious and it could be yours. And in one moment you just 
give it up for something that's worthless. And you could just, I mean, I could, I could slap myself in the face sometimes when I do these things. Like, you know, you have something really nice. Imagine you have a beautiful car, okay? And somebody, I don't know how, <laughs> maybe you were drunk, whatever, I don't know. Somebody comes to you and manages to trade um, their really, really old and ugly car for your new and beautiful car. And you do it, you go for it. And then the next morning you wake up and you realize, what did I just do? Why would I ever do that? So it's this, this, this I don't know, this, this when, the day when realization hits you. Sometimes while we are uh, in the process of making a deal, a bad deal, we don't, we're not aware of the consequences that there will be. The consequences mostly hit us <laughs> later. If we were aware of, a con of the consequences while we are you know, processing the deal, um, we would probably not go for it. We're not that stupid, <laughs> generally. But the thing is that it's hidden. We're not aware of it. We go for things, and we don't think it through. And we, and we think, oh, we'll be fine, like Esau. Esau did, you know, wh when the Bible says that when he traded his birthright to his brother, he just ate, drank, and left. It was okay. And then, as some chapters later, when, he, when his father, when he, you know, when the event happens that the father blesses his brother instead of him, the Bible says that he just started crying. He was, he was desperate. He was, he was completely destroyed. And, and then the Bible goes on to saying, although he sought the blessing with tears, as I said, you know, he sought it with tears. He tried to somehow find a way to revoke what he had done. He could not change what he had done. So the fourth point here is deal with the consequences of a closed deal. The deal is closed. It's been done. What's done is done. And now you have to deal with the consequences. This is a bit tricky, but I really feel to say there is a moment, that there, there will be a moment when it's too late, when things cannot be undone anymore. Um, decisions, I believe to say really, Every decision that we make will have a consequence. can be good or can be bad, but there will be a consequence that we have to live with. For example, as a student, if you're, if you're having an exam and you don't study, you can ask God for forgiveness, and he will forgive you, but you have to live with the mark that you will have. Um, if you have, I don't know, if you leave the mission trip because of mosquitoes or leave the, 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 the calling, to a specific country because of the mosquitoes there, and you leave it <laughs> and come back home, God will forgive you. I believe it, really. But you will miss the purpose, the joy, the people, the transformed lives, the reward. You will miss it. There will be consequences. Don't think, and I'm putting myself in there because sometimes I do this, we should not think that we can do whatever we want. We can, we can just choose to do whatever we want, and then we pray one little prayer at one time in our life, <clears throat> and everything is fine again. Sorry, losing my voice. <clears throat> so, we should not think really that we can do whatever we want, and then we say, okay, I will, I will deal with it later, I will speak with God. So then you go, go ahead and you pray, and you ask forgiveness, and everything is undone. And it's like, nothing happened. This is not how things work. It's time really to take on responsibility for the decisions that we make. When we make decisions, there will be consequences that we have to live in. And some of them are eternal. Some of these consequences are eternal. Um, there are people that are not aware of it, but there will be rewards in heaven for things that we do and things that we don't do. It, what, 
what we do after we are born again matters. It matters, if I can say that. <clears throat> okay. So how do we do it? How can we make sure that we do not miss what we want most, that we don't give up, that we don't end up like Jacob, completely like Esau, disappointed and, and, and missing the blessing, missing what we want most, missing what God has for us. How do we do it? Um, we don't do it out of discipline or out of a sense of duty. I used to do it for many years, I have to say. I did it I, for many, many years. I tried to make myself stop sinning, to make myself... Um, love God and follow him and be obedient. And for a short time, maybe that works. We can function. We can be able to, out of our own strength, for a while maybe resist all this, <coughs> everything that the world can offer us. We can do it for a short time. But the only way to really, to really walk in, in, what, what, in the big picture, to see what we want most, to, to see it, to have a life that, guides us or directs us towards the big blessing that God has for us is to stop wanting anything besides God. So let me, let me put this differently. Um, how do you make sure that you will never give up what you want most for what you want now? Um, doing it the other way around. Give up what you want now for what you want most. I'll say it again. How do you make sure? How do you make sure? Because, you know, I don't trust myself many times. How do you make sure that you do not give up what you want most for what you want now? There's just one way, really. I believe it. The only way to make sure that that won't happen is to give up what you want now for what you want most. I really feel this message for the church right now. I, I heard, like, today it has been mentioned, and, I, and I, he told, told me after that I started to have this feeling for you that you have been speaking about more, about blessings of God. He spoke last week about the best is yet to come. And yes, yes, that, that's really true. I believe that God has prepared incredible blessing for this church that we cannot even begin to imagine right now. Um, for this church and for individual people in this place, um, it, like, things like eternal life, yes, but also for this lifetime, I believe that he has prepared healing and he has prepared... A, 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 Joy, love, power. Um, and I think, I believe that, that, that God wants to um, bless all this town through this church. I believe really that this, this, this church will see great, great things. That's what God has prepared. I believe that God really believes in, to, in this church, if you know what I mean. But I also feel God saying right now, um, to have what you, <laughs> what you really want most, I need you to give up what you want for yourself now. So what exactly does that mean? What, what, what do we need to lie down? What, what, what does that mean? I, I don't mean stop praying for things. Um, but I mean stop wanting things in a way, uh, things that, that deal with the now. Stop wanting things for now and allow that they drive you or that they have authority over your decisions or over what you're doing. This is not what we are called to do. Yes, we're called to live in this world. We're called to live in the now. We're called to make a difference now. But we're called to want what is ahead. We're called to want God. We are called to want what will happen in the end. Um, three things that I, that I um, want to mention specifically. Wanting to sin. 
it's no good to just try to resist sinning out of your own strength. You need to lay down in front of God. Today, you need to lay down the desire to sin. You need to stop wanting it. You need to give up what you want now, what you want right now. You need to ask God for help to give it up so that you can focus on what you really want and what you want most. Um, the second thing is personal improvement, success. Wanting just to, to, to improve by myself, improve my status, improve my bank account, improve, have a bigger house, have a more beautiful wife or husband, whatever. Whatever we want for ourselves, we need to lay it down. <laughs> um, we need to lay it down because if we are aware of it or not, in the end, what we want drives us. We can try to, to, to make ourselves behave differently, but in the end, what really comes down to it, what will drive us is what we want. And the third thing is, is even, even suffering. Even when we want pain to stop. Even when we want disappointment to just go away. Even when we want to get out of hard times. And I know that it's very hard. And I know that things can be very, very painful and really horrible. But even wanting to get out of these things more than wanting God to be glorified and wanting God and wanting what he has, has to go. Whatever we want more than God has to go. That's maybe, that's a way to put it. Just to be safe, really. Just for us. The Bible says that Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. We need to deny what we want right now. We want to deny what we would like to see now because of what we want to see most, even if it's not today. Sometimes it's unreal. Like, time makes... Priorities unreal for us. Do you know what I mean? It's like, just because I can have it now, I go for that, even though in two weeks I could have something better. It's, it's not real. It's, it's, it, it manipulates our thinking. And as a last point, I just want to point to Jesus. Why, why did Jesus endure the cross? Why did he go through the cross? He was, he was God, okay? I think, I think we know this, but it just, every time it just amazes me again. Jesus had all the authority. He was God. He was the creator of everything. He created us. He created the earth <laughs> that we live in. And when we said to him, no, God, actually we want something else. Still, he came back to this earth, and he, and he loved us so much that he endured the cross. Why, why did he spend hours in agony on the cross? He was... He was completely naked. He was completely humiliated. He was God. He was the king. And he was spat at and he was laughed at and he, he endured horrible, terrible pain. Why would he do that? And we find the answer to that also in Hebrews 12, the passage that, we, that I read before, a few verses before, uh, a few verses above. And it says this. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus was, had his eyes fixed on the joy ahead, and that's how he was able to endure pain. That's how he was able to deny what, his, what he would have wanted, obviously. to, to, to You know, it's, it's interesting that God, Jesus, <laughs> the king of the world, came on, came, walked this earth, and at the end, he died, 
without owning anything, without anyone, and in pain. He was alone. He didn't have anything. He didn't own anything. The clothes that he had were traded away. He didn't have anything when he died. But he endured it. He went through it because, because his joy ahead was you. Because the joy ahead was you. And can we do the same thing? Can we love him as much as he loves us? Probably not. But what he, what he did is he went through it because he had his mind set on the fact that one day he would be able to be with us instead of having to condemn us. Can we do the same thing? Can we just stop rejecting God? Do you know what I mean? He did it. He did it for us. He went through, through, through a crucifixion because of how much he loved us. Can we, can we set aside what we want right now for him? For, what, for the blessing that he has for us in the end. As I come to, to, the, to the end of this, of this preaching, I just want to repeat. There are things that God has prepared for this church, for these people, for every single one of us, that he really wants to give us. And it's important that we don't give up. Don't give up on what you want most. See it. See it, even if it's unseen, even if it's not physically visible yet. See it. Have your eyes fixed on it. <laughs> Sorry, my heart. If you don't want to be fooled into, the, um, starting into um, making the worst deal of your life, if you don't want to lose the only thing that everyone really wants, because everyone really wants God, if you don't want to be rejected um, and experience the pain of losing what God has for you, if you don't want to make bad decisions and live with the consequences forever, just lay down everything right now that really you, you respond to more than to God. Everything that you want more than God has to go. Why? why? Because of the joy I had. Because of the joy of, that will come, first of all, when God fulfills the promise that he gave you that maybe nobody else knows. Or the promise, or the joy that comes with just fulfilling the purpose that he has for you. Or the joy that comes with just you know, just Jesus is enough, isn't he? The joy that comes with just seeing him and being in his presence and looking, looking at him face to face and hearing him say, well done. Um, never give up what you want most for what you want now.